Hello, you're listening to Nif Manasi in Asia on Reasoning with Prejudice. In this podcast, we'll entertain you as we debate on topics that are sometimes meaningful, sometimes lighthearted, but always interesting. And you don't even have to give us a penny for our thoughts. So what happens when we die is a question that has plagued me for my whole life. And I'm sure that it's the same for a lot of people. For me, I end up thinking of the worst possible scenarios and I literally just mess myself up when I think about them because I know that I'll never be able to find out. Well, not never, but I guess that's the problem. A while back, I listened to this story uh, someone was saying. Um, Apparently, there's this philosopher, George Berkeley, I think. So he was really curious about what happens after death. And he was so curious to the point that he hung himself to the point of death and he had a friend beside him who he asked um, to cut the rope right before he reached death and after he came um, to consciousness he said uh, there was something called um, the ether that's what most philosophers believe um, about death kind of like a purgatory between heaven and earth but everyone thought that all he found out was that hanging hurts his neck nothing else (laughs) oh my god Mm. well obviously because you didn't actually die I've heard stories of people in comas like thinking that they I don't know feel the spirit of their dead loved ones but it's just hallucinations I think at the end of the day like near the death experiences yeah but then you haven't experienced it so you don't know yeah it's easier to believe that. Yeah, you know, in um, The Good Place, when yeah. everyone's like having an initiation of what it is after life after death, and um, this one girl who's supposed to be uh, Chidi's uh, soulmate keeps saying, um, no, I'm not dead. I'm not dead. I'm just hallucinating. I'm in coma. I'll wake up now. <laughs> oh. I have a feeling that'll be Manasi. <laughs> Uh, probably. She'll be like, Nib will rescue me. I just have to wait till she wakes me up. <laughs> oh my god. That makes you sound like she's Snow White and you're Prince Charming, Nib. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we are. We will always find each other. <laughs> oh god, please stop. But it's such an interesting thought, isn't it? Like, where do you go when you die? Because I feel like that's the one of the only questions where you can never, ever know the answer. Like, you'll just never know. Well, you will know eventually. When you die. But you won't be the state you are right now. You'll be dead. So what's the point of knowing? You know, there's this um, cool theory I read. Apparently, you know, when um, babies cry after they're born, it's Mm -hmm. because they're grieving their um, loss of life, grieving the loved ones they had. You know, there's different religious beliefs on what happens. Yeah. What do we think of the different beliefs? So... Christianity and Islam kind of believe that heaven and hell exist and purgatory. Yeah. What What do we think of that? Um, it's a bit like of a, uh, I don't know, like it's a really shady line from where you cross from heaven to hell, like uh, where you get judged. I respect the people with the faith, obviously, but I think not everyone holds the same faith, me being one of them. And I think that idea is a bit kind of like, um, I don't know, kind of like a reward. Like, But yeah. it's almost like telling, you have to be good to attain this. Yeah. So it's it's like forcing someone to lead a certain life. Or scaring to get them. something, yeah. A lot of people think like that religion is like this, you know, guide, like this thing that helps you guide you through life but for me like no offense to anybody I I feel like it's more of a fear like the people who take it really seriously like if I don't do this I'll go in hell I think you need to have your own moral compass to know that you shouldn't do that and not just some fear of like you should do charity because you want to do charity not because the Quran or the Bible tells you to I mean I guess I guess you can argue that the source doesn't really matter what matters is that you end up helping somebody. I guess I just went against my point, but I agree with the latter point more. <laughs> I don't think I don't I don't know if you've seen PK, the movie PK, but 
they talk a lot about the fact like how fear is associated with religion like that's a great movie for anyone wanting like it has christianity islam i think it has buddhism and hinduism as well it's like it's brilliant yeah but i do agree it 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 doesn't matter why you do a good deed whether it's fear of heaven and hell if it makes you be a good person then i guess it's a good belief to believe in but are you a good person if you're doing it because of fear but does it matter if if you are a good person at heart um if you're at the end of the day you're making someone else's life better it does matter because it says a lot about the human race like yeah, is empathy but... something we actually possess or is it just fear it's just fear disguised as fear like that is really scary to think about it's scary to think about but the person who's being helped i don't think they would care they would just care that they were being helped no because like we're all talking about what happens after death the fear of going to hell and all that but i think the fear of heaven and hell and maybe even just the fear of god's wrath if it helps someone be a good person then it makes the life here on earth better doesn't it and like none of us know who's right and who's wrong what if all the people who believe in heaven and hell they're right what if they're right we don't know it's it's also a comforting thought isn't it just to just to think that you'll be reconciled with your loved ones and you will live a forever happy life i don't know i think when i die whether if it's like after lots of rebirths or whatever when i'm finally free i just want to be peaceful because at the end of the day living with whether it's your loved ones or other people um quotation marks or like other souls there's always going to be conflict whether it's big or small there's going to be happiness sure but it's just like another version of what you have on earth and like i just think that the whole point of dying is to finally find peace like it's scary maybe like being uh diffused into nothingness but for me like that sounds like a nice thought yeah like even if you go to this great place and you're like with your loved ones like um in the good place they show it and when they actually do get to the good place like you eventually get bored that you yeah. can't live eternity like that you yeah you be happy like um they showed this great philosopher who who became basically dumb because of the eternal life it numbed their brain kind of yeah but mm-hmm. it might be again kind of naive because i don't know what eternal life actually is yeah cuz when you're when you're mortal you always have the choice don't you you always know that like you can stop whatever pain or suffering you have but when you're eternal it's like it's, it's scary just living on and on and on and on and on and just yeah it's the only like variable that. is like time how much time you have when you have abundance of time you don't find the need to say yeah. make every second count exactly which could mean that you keep saying oh i'll always have tomorrow i'll always have tomorrow and not do the things that you know you should do but you know you don't yeah you'll never do anything but i guess that kind of makes you um think that maybe given eternal life you will only do the things that you truly want to do without really. responding you have you have unlimited time so you would do everything and anything you can think of even if you only do the things that you like soon you'll get bored of them so you'll have to find other things that you only partially like okay mm-hmm. so let's move on to another religion buddhism So Buddhism believes that life and death are like a cycle and it keeps happening over and over again so reincarnation if you will is actually uh people say that uh deja vu is evidence of that because when you see um things like again it's like evidence that um you've seen it in a previous life mm, but i feel like doesn't our stream of conscience consciousness or whatever die out like as we die only the spirit remains yeah yeah but um it's like a glitch in the system kind of <laughs> like you don't remember mm. everything but those tiny little moments that you get it it's like a glitch that's mm. a that's a nice way of thinking about it yeah 
like glitch mm. in the system. There are always yeah. glitches in the system. Yeah, Hinduism is like quite similar to Buddhism. So, so the I whole idea is that life and death is a repeating cycle. Um, you get reborn again and again and again, and a big part that plays into this is karma. So if you're a human in one life and you committed lots of crimes and stuff, the next life you might be born as an ant. And the whole idea behind this is that you have you're going to be reborn unlimited amount of times until you like pay for your sins, like do good. Right. I think there were only seven lives. No, there's actually unlimited and at the end of it you get um this thing called moksha or mukti which is you are released from any constricting vessels that you come on earth in and you're just like released into a peaceful happy ending kind of thing and like Wait. some people yeah well i was just going to ask um you said about um like cleansing your sins but if you were like a like a um I don't know, like a less intelligent creature, like an ant or a fly, how would you ever cleanse your sins by doing something good if, like, you only have the instinct but, to... But I guess, like, at this point, you're kind of constricting to what you know in science. You don't know what it is to be an ant. What if ants have consciousness like human beings as well? Yeah. I think it's proven that they don't. That's why, like, uh, creatures with small brains, like hamsters, they can't form emotional attachments like big yeah, animals but, like dogs. But this is a faith. Faith can't yeah. necessarily be proven by science. And the thing with science is that as much as I believe in it and love it, it does not have all the answers. Mm-hmm. The Earth used to be considered flat, but right now proofs say like it's spherical. You never yeah. know. Like, it ke- Plus... Uh, th- Answer to the, your question, Asia, is I think that the human stage is like one of the last stages. So it's the belief that you've had a million other lives of ants and snails and whatever. And now you've like worthy enough to enter the human stage. And like, what about the, the why do we have bad people? Like, shouldn't we, shouldn't they all be good if they've lived thousands? No. Of- yeah. Because. Oh, even if you're a human in this life, you might be reborn as a human in the other life. And at the end of the day, if there's like, if you, there's no way you're going to be good, you're just sent to hell. It's like, I don't know if you've heard of people um, becoming sadhus or monks. And that's like, they, um, at the age of 16, some people just go into like a forest, like devoid of any materialistic items and just uh, meditate until they die. And that's like them achieving that sense of peace yeah. early on than anyone else. So we're all kind of destined to be monks. Not monks. <laughs> but yeah, like that kind of level of peacefulness. But you're saying like you want to cleanse your sins or whatever. You want to correct your behavior in a way. But how are you going to do that without your brain and without your um conscious consciousness to control your memory like your memory kind of tells you not to do it right yeah so you learn from your behavior so if Mm. you have no memory how are you gonna learn from it i think it's more like the belief is god kind of observing the kind of behavior you're doing in the situation that you're put in and then him changing that situation so you behave better in his hope i think yeah so if, if in the past life i killed somebody in this yeah. life i should know that i killed somebody and it was wrong to to not kill somebody in this no, life but if you kill someone like you're assuming that the person thinks that it's wrong most murderers are like well not most but there are a lot of serial killers that enjoy killing or think that yeah. it's right even you know you're saying that you think about your behavior and then you act out to like better it but it can also be unconscious, like the you, the spirit and the mind are two different things. You won't have the same mind the next time you're reborn, but the spirit will still have marks of your past lives. It's very vague in the way it's like put, but I guess we'll never know because there's no evidence to the spirit. It's just like a mythological thing. Okay, um, speaking of mythological things, what about ghosts? What do we think about supernatural beings? 
It's nothing exciting, but basically I was with two friends and we were experimenting with Ouija boards. And uh, so I was touching this, like, you know, like a chalice, yeah. um, an upside down chalice. It's like a cup and we were touching it. Uh, and suppose like we like greeted the spirit, like if there's any spirit, please like come or whatever. Like my other friend did all the greetings stuff. <laughs> i was just there like touching this vessel and um we asked it questions and it began to move and it freaked me out because the friend who was touching it with me or holding the vessel with me like her face like you know when you know that a person's not lying like i because i didn't move it she didn't move it and it moved basically and we freaked out and my friend who was an expert in this whole ouija board um situation she was like no 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 don't don't take your uh, your hands off off the chalice because we need to say goodbye to the spirit so it can like so it won't linger in this house or something it was just yeah oh my god very See, weird. i consider myself a really brave person so either i'll deny it and say well if you cheated or i'll chuck the bowl and run away i'm not even yeah. kidding what you'd like risk the spirit coming after you actually i don't know i would not sleep for ages i just i I think i just like didn't think about it i was just like in denial yeah i think i think many of us we're scared of supernatural beings because we can't understand it we're scared of things that we can't comprehend in a way i like to think that there's ghosts it's a cool idea but if i see one i'd probably faint on the spot my sister and I, uh, we had a deal that um, if one of us dies, we should come back and haunt the other one and be sure the other one will die of heart attack and both of us will go hand in hand and haunt our mom together. Saying, <laughs> Mama! You know, like in one of the ghost stories um, in the movies. Which one? In Conjuring. Yeah, yeah, like Mama. And um, even in even conjuring and stuff they have swings so we have a swing set in our house and then, oh. like, we can like rock it what do you think asia do you believe in the existence of such spirits and supernatural beings um well there's no evidence to the contrary like i used to uh, i went through a phase where like um i would believe in them so much that I was like scared to be alone because like even like to have a shower I'd be like freaked out that a ghost could be like watching me get naked and stuff like <laughs> yeah I know I used to not like when I washed my face I would wash one eye and then the next so that I could actually keep one eye open <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I'm not kidding I actually did that I used to be so scared something would be watching me in the darkness <sighs> And then the staircase. Mm. What is it with staircases? I know. Like I just you know I go I go down I go downstairs for a drink. When I come up, I run upstairs like someone's gonna grab my leg. Literally. Yeah. Literally. I don't even go downstairs, like I wouldn't. Do you ever get like a feeling that a house or a building is like haunted? Because I don't know, I just get like feelings like the house I'm I'm in right now, I don't feel anything. But if I go to my house in India or to my cousin's house, I just, you just get more scared there. I don't know what it is. Like, um, not necessarily houses, but I went to Germany and there was a concentration camp in this place called uh, the Chow. Yeah. We went there and I, I felt like a presence kind of, I don't know if it's just my mind, like oh, being overwhelmed by emotions, but mm-hmm. I felt like, I could imagine people struggling in there. And even when we go to like old, very old temples. Yeah. I love that aspect of the temples because it's just like a, it's a link to someone in the ancient times who lived before you. And I love that kind of link with the past. Mm. Even even kind of graveyards. I once read um, J.K. Rowling's hobby was to go to uh, graveyards and cemeteries and kind of read the names of on the gravestones. Oh it was God. Uh, it was interesting because you kind of know everyone's names and 
when I go to a cemetery, I'm kind of like thinking, this person used to be a person like me, who who was laughing once with their friends, with their family. They cried when something went wrong. They laughed like so hard till their stomach hurt. And this person's no longer here, you know? Mm. It's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I would rather not share the world with anyone else because it freaks me out but yeah i kind of want to meet one though like i just i just want to manisee have you not watched enough horror movies to know that that never ends well i know i know but like a good ghost like i used to have so many i told you about how i talked to an imaginary ghost in the bathroom right like i think that part of me has always been just there so uh, when I was five years old I was about to get glasses and I used to think that there was a ghost in the bathroom like all of us did I used to avoid looking into the mirror and all those things and I would talk to this ghost um saying that like please don't um I don't know eat me up or like capture me until I get my glasses just like just making a deal with him like when I get my glasses you can come and haunt me and do whatever you want like it's just a month you can wait for a month and my dad like once um heard me talking to this I don't know nobody and he was like who are you talking to and I was like no nothing just myself it's like kids are more susceptible to goats if a ghost if that's that's one thing I understood from horror movies yeah it's always the kids the ghost target and also pigeons for some reason. Pigeons. Yeah, pigeons. Yeah. And dogs. And dogs. They just love to kill dogs, don't they? Dogs, kids, and pigeons. <laughs> That's like the ghost's dream. Yeah. Dream trio. You know you're not supposed to do Ouija boards alone, apparently. Because you're too easy for Target, and they'll come get you. <laughs> oh, God. They'll come and get you. Okay. What do you wish for yourself? after your death or for the people okay so this is my ideal thing right um i want to go to this place like whatever it is and it should be like um i don't know a place with like no pain and it's all just like light and beautiful and i want to be able to watch my life back like on a tv or something or whatever they have and i watch my life and i get reminded of like all the happy times and cringe memories shut up memories that i forgot and stuff and um yeah and then i want to watch like other people's lives as well so that i um i have like I don't know, I'll know what other people are actually thinking about me. I'll know, like, what they, I don't know, said behind my back and stuff like that. And I want to know everything about my life. And then I want to go back and be a different person without any memory of it. Oh, that sounds amazing. (laughs) Well, mine's not so complicated. (laughs) <laughs> and including invasion of other people's privacy if I may add <laughs> um, but it does sound like the ideal dream I would love to have Asia's afterlife I mean her idea of an afterlife Yeah. but I think I I think I want to be a garden angel Ooh. so like yeah. I want to die and then like go partner up with my granddad or other people who died um, from my family and friends and kind of be a garden angel looking over someone some baby um and watching them grow up protecting them from harm maybe allowing them to make their mistakes as well just Mm. there for them that's sweet i'd want to do that what would you wish for it what do you hope for i would it sounds really weird but you know episode like choose your story (laughs) i would just want this kind of device where i can live my life making a different choice like you know the crucial choices in your life Mm -hmm. career paths education or relationships and just how would it go if I had made another choice and just live my life again and again without any recollection Mm -hmm. just like just know everything that reminds me of a poem by Robert Frost called the road not taken 
so it goes like um so basically there's a traveler he's going down a path and there's a fork in the road and he has to decide which way to go right or left and he's like as a traveler long i stood watching at like trying to see as far as i could to see like which way to go and um so he chooses a path which is not worn and he says that's made all the difference that line where he said as a traveler for a long time i stood at the fork trying to decide which way to go because i couldn't see i had like too far ahead mm-hmm. so with what you're saying you'd want to go back to the fork and then choose the other path you'd have to yeah. live your life like, mi- like yeah. it's probably billions of possibilities and yeah i'll just go crazy you know what i probably just want to die and then just be reborn again without any closure because i think closure would just make me have more questions that can't be answered niv you said yeah. that my thing was an invasion of privacy but oh. um yeah i was gonna say i want all my all the people around me to know what my thoughts were as well because that's like how i cope as well like i um if i get mad about something mm-hmm. i like think to myself They'll find out when they're dead, so I don't need oh to make a song about it now. <laughs> but um, what you prefer is not the same as what I would prefer or what other people would prefer. Yeah. And it's also, I wouldn't want to know everyone's thought as well. I mean, secretly I do, but I also know if I do, it wouldn't necessarily be happy. Yeah, yeah it wouldn't be happy, but... I, I I would just want the closure before like I would want to know everything about this life before it's wiped from my memory mm. and I have to start again. You also find out many people who loved you so beyond compare and who, who you didn't know about, but you also find out people who was beside you and hated you. And I think if even given like ten million good things, if there's one huge bad thing, the bad thing is what you focus on. I don't think I would. I would like... Oh, come I on, would... Asia. I know you. You would. You totally would. Okay, even if I did, uh, my memory would be erased and it would be fine because I start new. So what's yeah. the point of knowing? Because I want to know. You want to know for the sake of knowing. Yeah. You would know for a short period. Like, you'd understand your life completely, even if it is for a short period. Yeah. Okay, imagine time stopping right now. You find out everything. Time resuming, and then you just don't know anything. It might mm. seem futile, but even if it is for a short period, I would rather know. Yeah. Because, like, it's like saying, why be born when you're going to die anyway? Even if, even if it is for a short period, we live a full life. Yeah, that is actually, like, a great point. Like, yeah. just because you forget, it doesn't make it meaningless. Like, people with Alzheimer's, just because they forget their life, it doesn't mean what's the point. The point is yeah. they lived it. So what, like, crazy theories did you guys have? Because I have, like, loads. Like, that was one of them, not a theory, but that was, like, my ideal. Mm-hmm. But most of my theories were quite dark. <laughs> what were they, Asia? Okay, so one of them... Um, I was I was thinking that when you die, however you die, say you got um poisoned or something, you would when you're like at the stage of death, um, like the god of death, it would not be happy with the single death. So he would force you to live out every single possible oh death that uh, earth kind of offers. So, yeah, so I would, like, uh, scare myself into thinking that even if I died in, like, a painless way, I would have to live out all of the different deaths before I could move on. (laughs) That's scary. You just reminded me of this book I read. It was called The Book Thief. So the whole Mm -hmm. book is written in the perspective of death. It's death personified. And... I quite like that because death is so kind. Death kind of releases the soul from the body and takes them to wherever. And death describes everything um, he sees from his perspective. I like that. I like that that version of death. Not the horrified version which makes you suffer more. 
that like i hope it doesn't happen one of my most feared theories is that if you get buried that's why i like i don't like the idea of being buried like your soul gets stuck in the coffin with you so like your soul Mm. is with your body which is you know decomposing yeah another thing is that um what if when you die you just you you don't actually leave you just lose the ability to control your body so when you when people like bury you or like incinerate you whatever you like feel it and you just can't do anything about it yeah that's what i fear Mm. that's why um so i said if i die bury me in this like huge huge room like a mausoleum like many um royal families used to do that before because i don't want to feel claustrophobic in this in the way yeah Mm -hmm. escape um like a door a key which is placed in the room so that i can escape if i wanted to that's what egyptians used to do right they used to like pack foods or food or like jewelry with the mummies yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, I don't want food and stuff. Just leave a key inside. So if I'm actually <laughs> not dead, it'll allow me to leave. And I should be a room because I don't want to feel trapped. Like, coffins are claustrophobic. Yeah, please do that to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, same, same here, please. Hey, don't copy my room idea. I think, um, so you asked about theories, right? So mm-hmm. I persisti- persistently had, like, one major theory, right? So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe in afterlife because I think that comes with the question. And because, like, I think right now I can't even switch off my brain when I want to. So I can't imagine a time when my brain will be switched off forever. Even though people say that it's kind of like falling unconscious when you faint or when you sleep a deep sleep, it'll just be like that forever. I can't comprehend it because even if it is with like fainting or sleep, you wake up. And then you're conscious, even though there's a missing period of time. So I. So yeah. what's your theory? Yes, yeah, so my theory is. So I I use I connect things that I can't understand fully. So one thing I can't understand is death, obviously, and the other thing is the expanse of the universe. So I just think that in the vast expanse of the universe, maybe we go on to a different planet and live, or become a star, something to do with the universe and how big it is. Mm. Yeah. I like that, like connecting unanswerable questions to answer themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that actually makes sense. Like maybe the dreams that we have are glimpses of like our next life or our past life, just like trailers. <laughs> trailers. That's yeah. That's a weird. Just like predict. God kind of warning us, like this is what's gonna come. Just like be okay with it. Oh jeez, I <laughs> hope not, because Asia's dreams are so disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> What are your theories, Manasi? Okay, this is really scary. But when they when people die, they just stay uh, in on Earth. And right now, like where you're sitting, there's just like ghosts all around you. And because people who died are more than people who are living, it's a bit like claustrophobic. Mm. Yeah, the space I mean, is the same. if they're in every room, they should be in the toilet as well. Yeah, which means someone so they're watching like, the pee. Yeah, the, loads of people. Not They're watching. Like, which... Pressed up against your butt while you pee. Yeah. That actually, it's similar to one of mine, where um, when you die, you just, um, you go to a different dimension that is exactly the same as the one that you're living in. Mm-hmm. So it's like you never die. And you carry on going into different dimensions mm-hmm. and the people and the surroundings remain the same but you could have died like five times already and you wouldn't know because the dimensions are identical oh that's a that's yeah. i like that theory it's almost like everything would remain the same almost except the situations and the happenings yeah yeah i like that like what if when you go to that other dimension you kind of live your life in reverse so you you're old so you become like old to a baby like that would be so cool to experience (laughs) just like going back to your infancy like doing all the hard work before and then chilling out later (laughs) and chilling out later (laughs) yeah because i mean when you're a baby you're like you're having the best time of your life and you don't even know it 
not really when you're a baby you're kind of like in constant pain yeah like when I was a child I always used to be like I just want to grow up I just want to be an adult like why can't I make my own rules or whatever and now I'm like just take me back like you need to uh, just appreciate childhood when you're in it because I never did Mm. I like that idea though that um you kind of live your life reverse it and then do it again and keep going what happens like immediately after you die just moments studies show that like your brain activity is like is still active right yeah in a way because um i read that there's this um neurologist called dr shaw and he proposed an answer for what happens 30 seconds after death Uh, So first is um, you lose sense of the self because the brain tends to die from the top down and the prefrontal cortex is kind of at the top and when deprived of blood supply, it's the first to go. This happens Mm -hmm. in the first 10 to 20 seconds after you um, are dead. You lose sense of self, you lose your personality and the ability to make decisions. So it's like... A dementor has sucked out your soul. Yeah, kind of like that. And then, like, apparently, you do see a white light. You know, when they say, go towards the light. You do see a white yeah. light because of the sudden um, loss of blood supply to the brain. It kind of causes tunnel vision, makes you blind from the outside in. So you don't yeah, see I... anything except just one ray of light. And that would just seem like a white light to you in a room full of darkness. And then apparently, you know, when people say uh, who've experienced near-death experiences, uh, they say, I floated and I could see everything. Apparently, brain can create something that is close to reality, but it isn't because you're really blind. And the brain kind of, in complete darkness, it makes its own rules in a way. Yeah. And you, you do experience life flash, like, you know, when they say my life flashed before my eyes that happens but it's because like the part of your brain that controls your memory is kind of one of the last to die out in your brain it's at the bottom so and but if you're if you're losing your personality i mean if you're not losing your memories how can you lose your personality because surely your personality is shaped with your memories well no your personality is shaped it's debatable, but the part of your brain that's responsible for your personality and decision-making, that's the prefrontal cortex. So your personality is what you do, what you would do. Yeah, so the life does flash before your eyes because that's part of your memory, but you can't do anything with the memory. And, you know, when you visualize these memories, they don't necessarily go in chronological order and you don't see yourself as a, being a kid and you don't watch a TV. You can just feel yourself kind of going through the most important parts of your life, like your graduation, your wedding day your first kiss, etc. I mean, all of these, in a way, they're just theories, aren't they? It's like anything could be possible. That's why it's nice to believe what you want to believe, I guess. What do you think would happen right after death? I think the soul kind of moves upwards, if that makes sense. Whatever non-materialistic entity is in your, I don't know, being... It just like floats upwards towards the sky or I don't believe in soul. It's because I believe my memories kind of form who I am. And my yeah. soul without my memories, what would it be? Like what is it? Is it like a sperm, an egg? It's hard to understand. Like how do you define soul? Soul is like it's a abstract thought yeah. that it's your it's you as a person. So it can be, it can be with your memories, right? So Niv, if you were born in a different family, in a different religion or different, I don't know, race, and everything was different, I think you still have bits and pieces of who you are still intact. Like what what makes you that's not dependent on your surroundings? Like what makes me unique is my experience and who I am, my genetic composition yeah, because that's what we understand. That's like, that's the knowledge that's given to us. There's no rule as to what your soul is. Yeah. It's just you, what defines you. 
So that could be anything. Yeah, maybe your soul collects like dents of to your next life. Like how to define death? When death. your heart stops. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah, that's a scientific explanation, right? So when all vital functions stop, like heart, uh, heart beating, respiration, brain activity. Mm-hmm. When your heart stops beating, sure, like we all call it death. But that if afterlife existed, wouldn't that be just be like another part of your entire life in a way? Because you're still living even if it's not in a vessel. So what you just mean is death is like intermission. Our death death is not our real death. Yeah. But you do believe that there's a death beyond what our death is. I believe at at the end of your journey, there comes a moment where you just cease to exist. The moment you die, the moment your soul is released, it goes into another living thing. So you basically, you never die until the end. Yeah. So what happens after the end? You just, you're not there anymore. You just cease to exist. There's a full stop, like end. Okay. There's Mm -hmm. a scientific theory, right? Matter can neither be created nor be destroyed. If, this is not matter, though. Yeah, but if I, I, I think the same kind of rules apply. I was not created, and I'm not going to be destroyed. I, I, can't, you... I can't wrap my head around the fact that I will just cease to exist. I get the scientific way is that your brain kind of liquefies minutes after death, and then you just die. But, but there has to be something. It can't be nothing. Like a vacuum. How do you know there's nothing in a vacuum? Have you been in a vacuum? Yeah. (laughs) That's the easiest way I can explain it. You just become the vacuum. You are the vacuum. Oh, God. That's such a depressing way to think. I don't know. Not now or else you'd be the vacuum. So once your body dies and your soul is traveling in this oblivion place eventually it's going to get bored like we said and want to turn into a vacuum this vacuum nonsense is just creeping me out (laughs) i'm sorry i'm not becoming vacuum (laughs) says niv as if she's like in charge of her fate (laughs) people thought the earth was flat once you fall off you fall into nothing and you never stop falling but there has to be something yeah like in the in space what's do you guys know what's below space or above space. Yeah. Or there's no direction. There's just space. That's one of the theories I had when I was a kid. I thought after we die, we just kind of like float around waiting for the other people to die. But we won't ever find them because too many people are waiting. And we just float. Ooh, that's sad. But you find other people. So it's all good. You'll float together. You'll float too. <laughs> we'll be like waiting. Who are you waiting for? My daughter. Who are you ready for? My husband. You know, it's just so depressing. And then Pennywise will come with a balloon. No, wait, what? And rescue you. Ugh. Trust Malachi to ruin the moment. <laughs> As if there was a moment, though. Coming back to my question, what is death, right? Mm. So, scientifically speaking, at least, it's such a grey area. For example, people who are frozen, they're thought back to life. And even with this new technology called suspended animation. Suspended animation is kind of like for trauma patients who come into the hospital, uh, they die really quickly because there's not enough time to operate on them. So to buy more time, what doctors do is they drain the body of the blood and replace the blood with ice-cold saline solution. So this lowers the body temperature by so much so that um, the organs kind of just are put into pause where they don't need any more oxygen. And when there's a pause, you you can operate on them and there's more time for you to like operate on them without them dying. And then they're brought back to life by replacing the ice cold saline solution with blood and the heat back to life. That's mm. really interesting. But what's it got to do with death? Because they die, they're put to death so that they could be rescued back to life. So all the idea of like not being able to breathe, not no brain activity, um, no respiration, all this will still apply when they're put into this death, but they're not clinically dead. 
But if they're not put in suspended animation, they would be considered clinically dead. Okay, so let's revise what death is then. Death is when life is no longer possible. Yeah, and there's there's been so many circumstances where the doctors have called time of death and they come back to life for unexplainable like, situations. So you can say, oh, this person will never come back to life, but that's not necessarily the case. That's why like doctors, they're so careful. I've read this in a book called This Is Going To Hurt. So the doctors have to produce the death report, right? The death certificate. So before they do that, they actually go through this like huge process where they check for verbal, physical stimuli, which is normal, and then carotid pulse. And they kind of, they have to check and listen um, for the heart sounds for two whole minutes and then listen to the lung sounds for three more minutes. That's the process. Mm-hmm. And if, if it's a Pope, they have like a whole different possibility, a like whole different process where they kind of bop him on the head with a hammer to see if he's like waking up. Seems like an easy enough thing to do. Why don't they do that to everyone? That reminds me of um, an episode in Grey's Anatomy where um, George, yeah, mm-hmm. he's like questioning, why do I have to go through all this procedure? Like he's obviously dead. And it's because, um, but um, he figures out at the end, it's so that they can tell the family that they did everything that they could. I guess it's such a great idea. Like, you can't really define death. Imagine someone proclaims you're dead and you're buried and then you actually wake up in the coffin. Because of scientific developments, like the suspended animation that I explained, and also because of the limits science presents, the limitless knowledge that we are not privy to yet, stuff science can't explain. Because of these two reasons, death is a gray area. It's a paradox because of scientific advancement and also because science is not advanced enough. And like that's why even people um, after they're declared brain dead, many of the family members don't withdraw life support. Yeah, because there's always possibility. I kind of thought that when I was seeing my granddad in this glass coffin in the funeral, I was thinking... Okay, he's going to get up now. He's actually going to get up now and freak everybody out. I don't know what I thought. And I kept focusing on him to, like, find the tiniest movements. This is, like, a more personal question, I guess. But, like, have you guys been with someone in on their deathbed? I mean, it wasn't for long because it was just, like, too much for me, I think. With my granddad... And he um he had cancer, and basically he couldn't move. My mom didn't want me seeing him um for like a long time, so I only came to visit him at like the end. And he was like, he couldn't eat anything. We had to like put water on a tissue and dab it on his lips because he wasn't allowed to drink. Like, he he couldn't drink. He had like. He couldn't talk, he couldn't move or anything. And it was like, I don't know, it was like he was already dead. I, I understand what you mean. I was there on my granddad's deathbed. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing that happens is they lose consciousness. I remember uh, my grandmom kept saying, um, keep talking, um, he may still be able to hear you. And I remember everyone kept talking, saying, and my mom kept screaming, like, squeeze my hand, just squeeze my hand to let us know. Um, because, like, my da- granddad had um, Parkinson's, and there were many times when he would fall unconscious or when he was really ill, when he was kind of in a coma, and my mom would say, squeeze my hand, Dad, just one more time, and he would squeeze. So on the deathbed... Um, my mom was screaming, saying, just squeeze my hand, just squeeze my hand, and I'll know. I think everyone kept talking to him because I think they can hear you just seconds before death. Apparently, like, when you transition into death, there's no pain or no distress. At least it's a nice way to think about it because the last part is comforting because your brain kind of dies first. And I guess ignorance totally is bliss because you don't know you're dying. You just die. Yeah. I guess we're like nearing 
the natural end of our podcast. It's so interesting to talk about death, like, in theory. But I think when it happens to you, or, like, the people around you, it's just the most distressing thing. Like, I don't don't know how one thing can be, like, such extreme topics at the same time. It's, I think, to me, death is kind of, like, love. Both of it concepts which seems so attractive but I can't really tell what it is for sure unless I've experienced it. I think death is seen in like a really bad light because it hurts people when you when you lose when you lose someone. I think it can be happy as well because you don't know where they've gone. It's probably better life. The concept is so attractive in, in a way. I, I saw this movie and there was this dialogue which said that uh, so this person was an evil character who kind of manipulates people the way he wants and the one belief that he held was if I want to torture somebody I'm going to kill somebody here they love because your death hurts other people more than it hurts you so if you want to hurt someone don't kill them kill the people they love that's his life motto I just get scared sometimes that I won't, like, I won't feel bad if someone that I love dies. I'll just, like, stop feeling completely. I guess um, I just want to mention, if you're listening to this podcast and you're someone who struggles to move on after losing a loved one, we strongly recommend that you see a bereavement counsellor or support groups who might also help. Grief isn't a struggle that you have to face by yourself even though it is a personal there are some benefits in getting some help some guidance into how to move on with your life death isn't something that you can just get death of a loved one isn't something you get over with immediately time will heal everything this too shall pass i guess thanks for listening you can follow us at reasoning with prejudice on instagram You can also listen to us via Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Red Circle, and Radio Public. Tune in to our next episode, which is called What Triggers Us. Many of us are annoyed by certain things. Some things just make our flesh crawl and we feel our anger rise up. In this episode, we'll discuss the psychological and evolutionary explanations behind these triggers. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, here are a few more. You have been listening to Reasoning with Prejudice with Manasi and Nev and Asia. <laughs> oh, and that's a wrap. Okay. <laughs>